So welcome back to the Runner's Diary Cork uh, part, episode six, part two, and delighted to have Damien back on board again, but we're also joined by Ben Lee Smith and uh, great to have Ben on the show. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks very much, Ads. Uh, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Yeah, so uh, I'd say we're going to have a very a lot of listeners tonight. There's a lot of interest in, in you and uh, your running and your nutrition knowledge. So I know Damien knows you a bit better than me, so I might let Damien do the official introduction of your, your talents, maybe. Thanks very much. Uh, ben and myself go back a few years now. Ben, ben had the pleasure of working for me um, with the edge, so you know he knows he knows what I'm like. So this will be okay for him. Um, ben, we look, I know a lot of people might know, but you're obviously a member of Leavale AC. Um, your distances are usually you know 1500 meters, isn't it? 800 meters, 1500 meters to 5k. Um, a bit of background about yourself. What's your PVs for all them? Um, so 1500 and probably my the PB I'd be happiest at the moment, I suppose, at 357. So I set that this season out in CIT and then my 5k then, which probably something everyone else can judge a bit better, be 15 flat. So that's kind of the bane at the moment. Just really want to get that one shot <laughs> off of it. Um, um, but yeah. You hit the nail on the head there. It's 15 through to 5k, kind of 800s bit, bit weaker, like more on the endurance side. So hoping to move up now over the next and few years. You're 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 obviously only a young fellow. You're already early 20s, isn't it? Yeah, 22. Yeah, so 22. So at least another two years. Another two years before you get to the marathon distance. Anyway, you can join the rest of us. <laughs> um, so like how, yourself, how did you get into the nutrition side? What did you have an interest from? So from running or how was it? And they kind of came intertwined. Like I've always just loved sports since I was really young. Um, I grew up as a big Liverpool football club fan. And my dream was always just to play for Liverpool when I was younger. Um, so obviously wanted to try to get better at football. So I was looking at everything I could do to do it. Um, so I started running to get a bit fitter for football. And I just started paying a bit more attention to my diet as well. Notice how they both kind of like made me fitter, made me faster. But um started to have a bit of success with the running then, not so much success with the football. So ended up uh, focusing up on the running then. And um, yeah, I suppose with the nutrition, I'd kind of just always been fairly interested in like how like the things I was doing were kind of affecting like my own health, my own performance. <clears throat> and I experimented with my diet a lot when I was younger, made a lot of mistakes with it. Um, so I just got more interested in it over time then. Um, and that's kind of fueled the love of nutrition. And would you have, like, obviously, I presume you've learned a lot through trial and error through yourself as well, in John races, especially mainly? Yeah. You know. um, I think my first race, I probably got made the biggest mistake first. Um, had the notion that it'd be a lot better to just be going into the race really light, really fresh, ate not in the day of the race. I think it was cross country race by two o'clock. Um, hadn't eaten all morning. And just got out, went out with the lads. I think Darren McInerney was in it. So bit of a ask for a first race. We're trying to keep up with him. But um, legs bumped straight away, came dead last, no energy. Um, and that kind of set me on the path with nutrition as well. Because so I was just really curious as to like why that happened. I kind of put the pieces together then. Yeah, but um, yeah, kind of tried and error. And you went to UCC, if I'm correct, isn't it? Yeah, UCC. So just finished off this year, did my undergrad in nutrition. I'm currently doing a PhD as well now in nutrition, oh. so all nutrition out here. All, all nutrition, yeah. Look, and 
what's your what's your going there, right? no i just said someone's pretty qualified to give us advice anyway <laughs> well look various i would say ben has given me plenty of advice over the, the couple of years um like everything some of it has worked and some of it hasn't but you know i think what hasn't worked is my fault <laughs> <So> <laughs> not his to be fair to him um so ben what's your plan now for the rest of the year are you on a break at the moment now through your season uh, We've National League final now on Sunday, so that's going to be a big focus. And then I'll probably take about two or three weeks off and start focusing on the longer stuff, a bit of base training, cross country, and trying to get under 15 minutes for the 5K. Yeah, look, I, t- I think, you know, you're due that, to be fair to you. Like, I we were speaking to your coach only two weeks ago, Ken Nason, and, you know, you have a lovely training group going there together, and myself and Brian have harped on umpteen times in this podcast about... The importance of a group going together and you know what you have going there is very good with talent coming out your ears you know so it's fantastic to see um so what we do if if brian if you have any other questions we we start into a bit of the nutrition if that's if we're all good with that yeah yeah no, sounds good i think as i said there's a, a lot of people contacted the show so um huge interest i suppose and I, I think a lot of people are probably coming at it from the angle of you know, again, looking at October marathons in particular, I know look, you can give nutrition advice for shorter distances as well, and, and people will be happy to hear anything, I suppose. But um, a lot of people listening in, I think, for the, the the specific marathon and long distance advice as well, and, and how to prepare around that. So, yeah, uh, let's kick it off, I suppose. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So my first question is from myself, um, but I don't know if I'm going to have the answer for this. Is there a magic pill that I can take to make me break sub 15k in the 15 minutes in the in the 5k? <laughs> <laughs> the only magic pill is consistency, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, to go, we we really start. So I have one here from it's from Karen or Rory who are our expert question makers. Um, so they just want to know: some people take a, a gel or a drink of glucosate in the start line. Of a, of a marathon or a race is that a good idea to be taking it on that early or would you recommend people to take it on sooner or hold off it's all about what you've kind of tried yourself um i wouldn't go trying anything the day of a race that you haven't done before um like the goal before a race is just not to overcomplicate it you want to be eating the same foods that you eat before your big training sessions nothing should really change up massively that way other than like say when you're going into a marathon the days leading up to it you are going to want to increase how many carbohydrates you're eating in like the two or three days leading up to it but on the day like with the gels and sports drinks it's only if you really feel like you're kind of lethargic in like the half an hour hour before you go but really you want to have eaten about two hours beforehand kind of leave it there and then you'll take the gels on as you go probably about every half an hour 40 minutes in the marathon okay and you know, there's, is there a, a magic number that people should be hitting with in, um, for carbohydrates in, 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 we say, the longer distances? Yeah, so you'd be looking at getting ideally about 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrates for every hour you're running. So you're not going to often see like the likes of Kipchoge taking on that many drinks or that many gels throughout the race. But Obviously, if you're running for longer, if you're like running a marathon three, four hours, your body is moving for longer as well. So you're actually going to need more carbohydrates during the race then. It's not so much about the intensity in that case. So that's kind of what you'd be looking at, about 45 grams, which would be about a gel every half an hour to 40 minutes. 
Okay, perfect. Um, Brian, do you have one there if you want to shout in? Yeah, I suppose my one steps back, I suppose, to where we are now in some ways. And, you know, even with my own training and my own lifestyle as well. And I know many people in similar boat to me where, you know, you're coming home from work, your busy lifestyle, let's say. Um, like for me, again, let's just say on average, most nights I get out around seven o'clock training. You know, any tips on a kind of a, either pre-race or pre-training, sorry, kind of snack maybe. Um, you know, and uh, again, I don't want to go running on a heavy, heavy stomach or anything like that. So something, you know, snappy that I can get in before training, maybe. Would you be talking about like an hour before, two hours before you'd be going? Possibly an hour before, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just to make sure that you're not feeling hungry during while you're running and just that you have enough like food with you. Sometimes like you could think of something more complicated, but like white toast with jam is actually something that works very well for a lot of people doesn't sound that healthy when you say it but it's just easy to digest that's all you're looking for um yeah. even if it was like two or three rice cakes with something like again you can have like jam nut butter on it a banana like if, in the hour beforehand you just don't want to upset your stomach and just make sure you get the carbs in as well and ben, ben is, there, yeah. is there anything to be said for you know doing some of these runs on an empty stomach you know is is the, i've always heard a thing you go to and you burn you know you burn fat and you it's, it's a great way to lose weight go to an empty stomach is i don't is that is that true or is it is it half true half not i think when you kind of like start looking at strategies like that you're nearly overcomplicating it I think that's when you're trying to get the extra percent or two, like at the very end of a cycle. I think you need to look at the basics before you look at that. Um, that would work if you're doing an ultramarathon because you're never going to be like using fat to the extent that you'll need at like the intensity you want to run at. If you want to run a fast marathon, it's yeah. only going to be when you're going for like seven, eight hours when you're running for a really long period of time or longer than that, that you'd want to be going fast in. Um, like if you did your normal training runs fasted more often than not, you're just not going to recover well from it and you probably won't perform to the best of your ability. Okay. It's just going to have a knock on effect in training as well. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of follow on then, Ben, to tackle it from the other side, of, you know, again, like, and again, I'm more talking about training time now at the moment and building into your marathon training post post training again, like for me, and I know for a lot of others like me, you know, that could be half eight at night, nine o'clock. Uh, when you come back from your training, you know, at that stage, you don't want to be eating a big dinner. Is there something that's most beneficial to get in at that hour of the evening or just post training anyway, full stop? Um, yeah, like what you're trying to do after training is you're just getting carbs and protein in. So you're just trying to kickstart the recovery. That's the main focus. And obviously, like it's all well and good saying that you should try to get a big meal in after you go training. But if you're finishing training at nine o'clock, you're not going to stay up till 11, 12 o'clock eating food and then it's going to disrupt your sleep um perfect thing to look at there would be like chocolate milk or even a protein milk with a banana or you could look at a bowl of cereal something light like that toast yeah. with nut butter even nutella you're trying to just get a bit of protein in i wouldn't so much go for nutella that's if you're being good to yourself at the last minute yes a bowl of cereal <laughs> or something like that <laughs> big fan of coca pot now after a run okay making sure you're getting the carbs in see 
See, that's that's why that's why you have the old chocolate cereal always on the way to skim this side. Um, then it's kind of it ties into something like well, we're talking about there, the protein and stuff like that. It's again, you know, it's from Karen Rory. Runners are all about carbs, but you know, is see, they are very important. But is there a lot to be said about them? Everyone getting enough protein and obviously the recovery, which is probably one of the most important parts in training from anything from fifteen hundred meters and upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything is important. Like I wouldn't say that carbohydrates are the most important thing, but I think that people will generally look to protein and see it as something more than it actually is. Um, like as a runner, the reason you look at carbohydrates is it's what your body uses as fuel most efficiently. Um, so like there should be a big deal about carbohydrates for the most part. I think people think they eat more carbs than they do. Um, a lot of times when people think they're eating like a high carb diet it's actually a diet that's relatively high in fat um and as a runner you're just trying to maximize your carbohydrates um, but protein is so important like protein is just a building block for recovery um when you're just trying to kickstart like your muscle repair after exercising um one key thing to look at rather than like eating more protein is that you're making sure you're getting the right types of protein making sure it's a good source of it like if you're looking at animal-based sources like milk, chicken, lean sources like that, or if you're a plant-based athlete, you want to get like a mixed source where you're getting multiple, like like a mix of beans rather than just one isolated thing like that. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do, I do. Um, yeah, so th- I think that's got a nice build up, Brian. I don't know if you have any more even in the kind of the easier pace runs slash recovery. Um, yeah. Um, I suppose, look, just as you mentioned it, you know, if you were to pick maybe, I don't know, your your top three or even one or two of the, the go-to foods for, for carbs and the go-to foods for protein, you know, is there any ones more than others that you'd, you'd, you'd recommend? Um, like a great source of carbs, like you're going to be looking at something ideally that's going to be like higher fiber when, like for the most part. So you'd be looking at like, say, whole wheat pasta, bread, crackers, even rice, rice is a great source of it. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, the standard things there really. And then it's the same with protein. You're looking at eggs, chicken, beef is a great source of protein. Looking at milk as well. Um, they'd be great ones. And even if you're a plant-based athlete, like tofu and like soybean and pea protein, like there's lots of good sources out there. Yeah. like, And, and from another question that keeps coming in, and it was it was our most popular question was like, uh, I don't know if you can perform magic here, but can you recommend something instead of, for those who are sweet-toothed among us, uh, a snack, an evening snack? <laughs> Damien, so, I think it's, that, that was Damien's question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I was on a run yesterday, and myself and, and uh, one of my running friends, Connor McCrory, Connor's a, a Tyrone man, but we'll forgive him. He listens in as well. He, he's a uh, claim as a Cork man as well. But uh, yeah, the two of us were saying the same thing. Uh, and then I saw a question come into the page as well with the same thing again. So we're all looking for that magic snack with our cup of tea in the evening that isn't so harmful, maybe. Um, as something to replace it, I suppose, as a treat. Like you can still include treats in your routine, just few like kind of space to method it's not every day but one thing I found that like I used to have a really sweet tooth and I love like Fanta Coke I know Damien and the Edge used to love his Lucasade um but switching over from Coke to like Coke Zero and sugar-free um beverages 
that makes a big difference because you're not really getting the same sort of like drawback from it. Like obviously you don't want to be having five or six cans of Coke Zero a day, but that was something that was a great replacement for me. Um, but then if you're like, I think you can include those things, but there's also like, instead of having a bar of chocolate, you could have like two chocolate rice cakes and you're going to get the same satisfaction from them. Like it's still going to satisfy that craving. Um, or even just like with your cup of tea, you can still have a one or two biscuits, but allow yourself to have it rather than feeling bad about it and then having more than that. And for a lot of us is when we open the biscuit tin, we don't stop. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. And I, like, I would say, which, which, look, I'm a demon for fizzy drinks. I mean, everything, Red mm. Bull, Monster, Coke, Lucas, everything. And the one thing that I found that sometimes substituted is sparkling water with a bit of lemon in it. You know, you know, even to dilute lemon into it. Mm. And I do find when I when I did have that, it took the cravings away. But the problem I think a lot of us do suffer is like we do it for a couple of days and then it's hard to maintain it. Yeah. And that's what that's for myself I find anyway. I think, you know, I would love to be able to give it all up, but I do struggle. Willpower is, is not great. I don't have, I'm, not, I'm not the best at it. <laughs> but um no, I think like you know i w- i will have to look into it you know i, I will be on to ben coming up for the dublin plan to you know change things in my own diet as well and i do think brian just said there the snacks are the killer for me they're the killer in the evenings in it but look we'll work on something for that um ben i have um, one there from uh, one of the, someone else who was anonymous actually um most common nutrition fuel mistakes made by runners primarily marathons we'll say but we just cover running in general um the main thing i would see would be that people would as i was saying before overcomplicating it like there's so many times as well that someone will try something on the day of a race that they've never tried before that someone like recommended to them on the day and then it really upsets their stomach and like that can ruin your race completely um like if you haven't been taking on a gel before the day of a race is not the time to do it um and the likelihood is if you were doing the training the way you were doing it you probably don't need that gel on the day of the race if you haven't been using it already um but the main thing would be not fueling enough i think um having enough before you train and just making sure that like you don't go out for your big session fasted that's probably the biggest mistake i'd see people making because that can have a big knock-on effect that like might not affect you in that session or that run but it's going to affect you in the long run depending upon but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm guilty of that I don't know about you Brian I am guilty of you know saving myself that extra half an hour or 45 minutes in bed rather than getting up and having something to yes. eat and then I do a question and then I do a question why did that road not go so well mm-hmm. and I think we forget we didn't have a breakfast as well sometimes yeah. I think sometimes if you even look at it like a car, the car's not your car's not gonna run well if you don't fuel it. And if you don't fuel it properly, like it's yeah. just gonna break down. And your body's the same. You need to to fuel your body properly. Um and like even to touch on what you're saying with like the snacks and like when you're getting like a lot of cravings in the evening, a lot of time that'll stem from not having enough throughout the day. And then it all builds up in the evening that your body needs needs food because that's just your your body's signaling that it needs more fuel and then you end up having more than you wanted or like not the foods that you probably should have been having so it's eating enough throughout the day i think is really important 
Yeah, just from a hydration then point of view, um, sort of water, etc. Um, again, in your normal day-to-day -day running, but also I suppose again, maybe closer coming into the marathon sessions. You know, again, how much is there too much to be taking, etc. You know, uh, that's the question, really. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, there's a fine line with it. Like, obviously, you don't want to be dehydrated, but you don't want to be. Like having so much water on the day of a race that you're in and out of the porta potty and it's really disrupting your routine and like it can ha be quite dangerous as well if you take on like way too much water but most people won't do that like that is quite rare as well most people will be slightly dehydrated um i think one thing people forget to do is when you're doing like a long session or a long run like you won't take on water then but you'll do it during a race yeah. um like you really need to make sure you're doing it then because it has a big like knock-on effect on your performance um and it's just it's going to impact your recovery again it like with the, it's like with the fueling you're really just trying to make sure that you get the most out of your sessions that like you can be as recovered from that session as possible that for your next session you can perform that to your best of your ability as well and just keep kicking on then and that's sort of long progress but um to give you like an amount of water i suppose that you'd be aiming for it'd be about two and a half three liters a day and then while you're training if you try to take on like about 200 mils like or a small bottle for every hour mm -hmm. and then okay, just good, good advice, yeah. Yeah. um should this is again from karen and rory should, should runners take nutritional supplements in a hard block of training and that's in terms of vitamins or minerals or is there anything that you would say this item would have a big benefit for someone in, in, in a training block um not particularly i think like with supplements there's kind of like a over reliance on them or like a perception that if we you take a certain supplement that like you're suddenly going to perform better and run a lot better um like obviously you're trying to get everything from your diet uh, especially with endurance sport there's nothing particularly that's going to make a huge difference um caffeine is probably the biggest one um that you could take and that'll be before your big sessions and before your races as well caffeine is really going to have a positive effect on your performance um and then there's like there's not enough evidence on anything else for me really to recommend something um, like a multivitamin can be really handy just to make sure that especially in like a really heavy block of training that there's nothing kind of gonna miss there that like you haven't missed out on something and just to make sure you're recovering well um, but I'd say most of it comes down to if you start feeling really tired that you should probably look at maybe your iron might be off and mm. like if if you've been tired for quite a while it's probably something that you should go and check with your GP first get a quick blood test um, and if your iron is low then you might start taking iron because that would be something that's very common with endurance athletes is just iron deficiency so that's one to look at for yeah and it, it's something I, I, do, I do every before every block for every marathon block I would get my bloods done I just think it and even if there's nothing wrong then at least you know that and you know you're going right I'm okay if there's something goes wrong it's on me it's not I can't blame something for it you know <laughs> Um, so no, uh, yeah, Brian, I've just been aware of it. Oh yeah, that's it. Uh, Brian, do you have anything? Yeah, uh, I suppose. Look, 
how many weeks are we out now from Dublin? Is it 12 maybe? And I know Amsterdam again, and there's a lot of big marathons on in October, obviously. Um, question in is, you know, when is it, is it never, is it, too, like I know the obvious answer here is it's never too early, but like, should people really be dialing in now at this stage to their full plan of, you know, food plan and water plan? Or is, is it like leaving it another few weeks too late? Or is there ever too late, I suppose, again? I don't think there is ever too late to start. Like maybe a week or two before the race, you might be leaving it a small bit late. But um, I think like six, eight weeks out, even a month out, like you've so much time to like kind of nail all the good habits and get into a good routine before the race. Where like if you want to start looking at your nutrition, like it's never too late really at that point. It's always going to make some bit of a difference. Very good. Yeah. And then you, for I know because I know the. We had a question asking there, do you do you do plans for, you know, marathon Pacific people or for if they're looking for a double plan for nutrition for Dublin Marathon or something like that, or, you know, half marathons or any distances at all, even non-running? Do you do plans for people and, you know? Yeah, so, um, like, I kind of do, like, a, a monthly sort of nutrition coaching program, I suppose is what I'd call it. Um, so it's not so much... A meal plan where I'm going to tell you what to eat for your breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I'm I'm not going to kind of hold your hand through it in that sense that like you'll never actually know how to do it without me. Then you'll always be dependent on like that specific plan. The goal is that down the line, eight weeks after like you'd be um working with someone that they might not need you anymore, that they can get to a point where they can do all this themselves, and that you've like built up these habits and you've built up like this knowledge of what you need to do to suit your body and what's going to work best for you that you won't be relying on me coaching you all the time. Um, but there's like, it's not going to be like a, it's not like I work with athletes and it's just like a one for all plan either. Mm. Everyone's different. And that's one thing I've really enjoyed about it is that like you're learning from every athlete you work with or even non-athletes, every client I've had, um, you learn something from them because there's new challenges with everyone um no one's really built the same everyone's got different energy requirements what works for brian might not work for you damien and vice versa what works for me like i'm racing 1500 won't transfer over to the marathon yeah so. and i also think someone's occupation makes a big difference as well you exactly know? yeah you know like are they stationary for eight nine hours or on their feet is it manual labor is it not and all these things we forget as we use term athletes because that's you know this what we're talking about you know as athletes we forget all these things play a big part in nutrition and as you said like just brian sits on it at home all day you know goes for his nap in the middle of the day you know and the, the hard worker here is on his feet all day <laughs> so it's different it's different for us yeah it's different for us all and i think what like the one thing i hope people will take most out of all of this is that take snippets from this and make it work for you because you know i could turn around and say that i take vitamin c and it's the best thing in the world but the next person it might make zero difference for so we're all individuals when it comes to nutrition and some things will work for us and it's the it's the one point you've always said to me from day one is david you know we need to figure out what's what you need not what you think you need and stuff like that. So I know I do think that's very important. Um, I'll ask a question for that's you know, Brian will understand this one. 
does an over 50 runner need to change their fuel and like what's the best thing for them to keep an eye on um yeah no that's actually a very good question um the main thing would be that you'd need a bit more protein than say i would um and you're also going to be looking at a bit more calcium um and the reasons for that is just your body slows down over time might not be in a running sense you might be running like your fastest times ever at like 50 60 you could continue to improve but um your body's metabolism i suppose if you want to call it that slows down so your ability to like repair your muscle and build bone and repair bone as well that slows down so your protein requirements are just going to be slightly higher than what they would be um for like a non-masters athlete Okay, that's you got I like that. Narcissus is very polite. So I'm gonna, <laughs> that was a great answer, Ben, but I'm going to have to edit it out of the show. <laughs> Damon is insulting me again. <laughs> um, one, one that came into me and it, it comes up a lot in conversations. And again, there's no magic answer to this, I think, but something that even Damon's experience might have or anything. But like you said, there, you're, you're practicing week in, week out now for the next couple of weeks and your breakfast and everything before your long run. and but then you go to, let's say, Dublin or Amsterdam or wherever you're going, and you end up in a hotel, and you kind of, I've seen people realize, whoa, uh, you know, forgot about preparing breakfast in a hotel room or whatever. So, you know, how, how have people come across that before, even yourself, Damon, your own experience, maybe, I don't know, but, and dealing with that type of stuff, you know? Uh, like, my point has happened to me twice. And like, I, it was Dublin 2019, actually, and I religiously decided, I would take the night before my long run, I would have a bath with Epsom salts, get nice and relaxed and, you know, be perfect and wake up in the morning, have my porridge and go out for my run. And little did I know when I went up to Dublin that one, the place I had had no bath. All right. And also had no, obviously, microwave, but I just totally forgot these. So... We got up there on the, on the Saturday. It was a pure panic to go into Tesco's and buy one of the porridges with the you know the hot water and put it into that. And it worked. It well, sorry, it, well, <laughs> to the race and go to plan, but I won't blame the the porridge on that. But I do think these are all small details, and I think Ben would probably agree that you you need to check these things first beforehand. You know, like I. So was stressed out because I wasn't able to have the bath the night before and that's what I have been doing and it had been working for me and I couldn't have the proper porridge I wanted to do and I fully believe I wasted a lot of energy on the Saturday worrying about that when I shouldn't have really but you naturally do yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. one thing like what you were touching on there Damien like it's the most important thing is what you're doing 95% of the time. And I think that's one thing I'd love if people could kind of take away from it. Um, like if you can't have your porridge on the day of the race and you have to settle for some type of cereal, it's not going to impact your performance. Like as long as you're getting some type of food in, it's about what you've been doing the six and eight weeks beforehand. Um, like if you just spend more time stressing about it and getting frustrated over it and just wasting all that energy before the race, that's going to be way more detrimental to your performance and missing out on your bowl of porridge. Um, yeah. But that, that's something you can apply to like nutrition as a whole as well. It's like if you fall out of your routine on one particular day or like say a birthday pops up or if a few of your friends end up going out for a few drinks or some celebration like that 
and you kind of fall off your nutrition plan like it's not a disaster it's not completely over you can just get back to it the next day and just pick back up it's just looking at everything as like a whole cycle rather than day by day mm-hmm. yeah no great but yeah like for me like i've stayed in both i stayed in a self-service place in dublin which was great and you know you had all the facilities there which but i've also stayed in the hotel environment and like that again you know as you said stressing it out and but i think like damien's point there for anyone listening in definitely would be worth the phone call you know a couple of days beforehand just to see mm-hmm. what I, what is the setup you know i know certain hotel i think i'm staying in the same hotel this year do um they're they're based on the route as well but they do um they know that they're going to be hosting a lot of marathon runners that weekend and they actually have a kind of a, a marathon meal we'll call it on the saturday evening um which obviously is you know car based and things like that so like some hotels will strongly cater for things like that because obviously going to be hosting a lot of runners but others maybe not so much but um yeah so i think it's, it certainly would be worth checking out even i know like like similar to you damon I, I had a situation as well in the past where you know you're on your feet you go to the rds you're, you're trying not to stay on your feet too long the day beforehand but then you need to go and get a meal somewhere and you know um yeah it, you don't want to be stressing out about where am i going to go to eat so i think that's a definitely a good tip to take away from this is that just plan out that that down to those one percents as well of you know what am i eating today beforehand where am i eating today beforehand you know um, but i think ben made a good point it's also the most like that is vital but i regret stressing over it you know oh, yeah, absolutely, it, yeah. it went wrong and i i i stood in that start line and i energy was gone already and i know that you know mm-hmm. and you're starting at a on a, a negative already and it's very yeah. hard to try to turn that around then after that um ben what would you say i know look you probably will everyone is the same you know the night before a marathon the night before a big race a 5k a 10k is it still pasta is it you know pizza oh, for, or whatever is it for like the for my own training is it as in for anyone like we so what would you well for anyone what would people have what should they have or what would you not even should because look it's up to the individual person again but what would you recommend somebody to have yeah like if um if you're racing the marathon you're gonna like be looking at having a lot more carbs but regardless of what you're racing really like something simple like pasta getting like pasta would say like beef and some sort of spaghetti bolognese even like or you could have pasta pesto and chicken or like a stir fry or some sort i wouldn't necessarily say a curry um yeah <laughs> like a smaller not, not to make um, try in india something something plain i think that's that's something to kind of focus on but looking at like a rice or a pasta dish really is going to be ideal today beforehand and like obviously it is more it's it's obviously better to try and plan that wherever you do stay before a race if you're like away from home or away from where you're normally at that you do try plan somewhere that's either got facilities that you can make your own food like a hostel or something or if it's somewhere that's near places that you can get food you're comfortable with but at the same time if you find yourself in a situation that you can't get that like if you're looking at even if you're stuck really and you can only get some sort of fast food option you're be better off getting pizza than anything else um, than like a burger or something like that if you're really stuck or if you're traveling like that yeah you know you know you're young and you've been because you used the word hostel and not hotel <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i got i just and actually just because you mentioned traveling part there and i know um brian you were asked the same question 
Um, but I'll ask it because you you travel a lot anyway, Ben, don't you, for a few mm-hmm. races and stuff like that. So um, it was asked by Jonathan, who's you know he's he's he actually has a great brother in fairness and this young flutter. Um, what tips for traveling um, abroad to races would you take into account? And and on the same thing, like choosing locations as well for races. Like for you, Ben, I will say, do you sit down with Ken? and choose a location or do you just do it yourself um well like when we would be looking at like a location for a race i'd just be making sure that um i can get into a race that's fast a race that's easy to get to as well you'd want to be paying 200 300 euro for flights to a race that you could get the same quality of race somewhere a lot closer or even in ireland um but trying to make sure you get a really like high quality race or a race that's going to suit you um is what i look at but once you get over to a foreign country it's really important to just make sure that anywhere you're eating you look at the reviews beforehand um and that you kind of stick to foods you know like the day before a race if you're in germany it's not time to go try and like the german sausage that you've never tried before and save that for after the race um like don't go experimenting the day before a race i even um i remember reading i think it is michael johnson the 400 sprinter um, I was reading his autobiography before and he went to the Olympics in Barcelona and I think the night before the race they went trying some tapas there and got food poisoning from it, missed the race and the next day the Olympics was over. Um, it's really about just sticking to what you know, you don't want to take on any risk, especially in an environment that's completely unfamiliar to you. Yeah and Brian, I, I, I don't know, if you, have you had any away trips with your club or anything like that or... Yeah, look, I've done a few away myself. Like I've run in the London Marathon, I've run in Gran Canaria, um, half marathon, um, and then obviously Dublin, Dingle, all these places, you know. So it is different preparation, you know. Uh, you're bringing the kitchen sink type of a thing, depending on where you're staying. Like, but um, I was more interested actually that the question came in, you know, how sometimes when you go away, you might end up with a bad roommate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing here, Damon, and I kind of wonder, and like especially, I don't know, maybe races that take place in Barcelona or something like that. Not to have <laughs> well, look, I put, right, I, I know this is slightly off topic, but I, it's a quick story. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to Barcelona and was with the club, and we went over on the Friday night, and we had a few. The race was on the Sunday, so I said the Friday night I can have a few beverages, you know, sparkling waters, and be happy. <laughs> So we had, Jonathan took a different flight to us and he went right now, we went to Aer Lingus and his flight was delayed. So we stayed in the pub till whatever time it was and we got back into the room and Jonathan had was not long in bed at sleep and I decided I would be very quiet and go in and check that he was in the room to make sure he's safe and sound. But by, you know, when you're drunk and you're trying to be quiet, you're the opposite of trying to be, of, of quiet. So we ended up anyway having a big jump on top of him, keeping him awake the whole lot. Um, so the next day, in fairness to him, he dragged me up nice and early to make me go for a run. But, and this is how things work for everyone differently, I ended up running a PB at the same time. And I broke 75 minutes for the first time ever in the half marathon in it. So, you know, I was a little bit rowdy that Friday night. <laughs> but, you know, 
like the next day, I took it easy. I drank my plenty of water. I got hydrated. We did. We went up for food, and you know, we kind of got pasta. And it was in a, again, and it actually kind of ties in where I knew where to go, and we all went to the same places we have been before. But I do feel sorry for Jonathan when he does have to go away with me. Things I take out that story. We're on talking about a nutritionist and what to do, and you. You ended up getting drunk, is it in a, uh, a right <laughs> so that would be something not to do, maybe. And the second thing, we're recommending not to change anything new in the build up to the marathon, food wise or otherwise. But I'm not too sure if you can practice sleeping with a roommate prior to uh, your race. So, no, yeah, <laughs> uh... he, he look, he has a lot to put up with me, to be fair to him. And look, like whenever I'm organizing trips away, I just go, Jonathan, um. What time are the flights at? And he'll go, there you go. There's there's your flights, it's booked for you. There's your make sure you have your passport. Oh no, I forgot my passport. So he's 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 put up a lot with me to be fair to him. Um right, we go back to nutrition anyway. That yeah. Jonathan has got his one over <laughs> me there. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that one to, to that story anyway. Um do you have any other nutrition ones there? Just one more for me, and I suppose look again, it's all about practicing, I think, but just interested to hear your, your feedback Ben. like people have asked about the different types of gels that are out there and maybe some I know some people look you have the, the obvious ones the high fives the Martins um etc and obviously the Martin is probably the, the big name in the in America at the moment based on Kipchoge's efforts but um other people have asked as well is there more kind of uh, I suppose uh, body friendly gels or something like that that they can take or you know less sugar involved and things like that so i don't know if there's any products out there you'd recommend that way maybe um are well, more to go or are these ones that are already tried and tested i suppose i think it's a matter of finding what suits your stomach is the main thing there's not like a major difference between them um like a lot of people find the martin ones a lot better um i think even like damien when you're in the edge like you've got every single gel inside that shop bar the martin unless you have it now at the stage. No, not yet. Um, but like Damien would probably be as well versed in that, that like there's not a massive difference between each product and like they're all going to have the same amount of sugar in it because that's kind of what they're designed to do. Um, like sports nutrition in a sense doesn't always follow like what normal nutrition would be where like you're having this sugar during the race. It doesn't seem like it's a good, like necessarily healthy, but it's what's going to get the most out of you performance wise. Um, but it's just finding what's best for you, really. Yeah, look, I have to, I, I have to agree with that. That I have tried every single gel that is known to man at the moment. I think, and I've now resorted to where the drinks are actually working best for me. Mm-hmm. So I've gone, I've, I've, I've used the Martin drinks. I've used Tailwind. I'm now on a new high five one, which I just is what is what's working for me at the moment. Um, and again, I think everyone just needs to go try different ones every week if it needs to be in the build up to it you know and just give yourself enough time then to see which one suits your stomach best and ben i know you picked up on caffeine earlier and for one thing i would say to anybody with caffeine is you know caffeine can have an adverse effect on your stomach you know in the latter stages of a race so to make sure that you try that um i always say try it in town you know, where you're always near a toilet or something like that, just to say, say, because it can. And like, if you if you go on race day and you just take, right, this caffeine, I hear it's great. It can, it can destroy you if you're not used to it. So just everything is trial and error when it comes to nutrition. 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's the two things I take out of that though, and where I'd find difficult is, you know, I haven't tried the drinks side of it. I, I carry the gels, like, and there's two reasons for it. Like one, I don't think I could rely on anybody else to be at a certain point to meet me in a race if I thought, you know, if I missed them, you know, again, it would play with my head and maybe it's not such a big deal, but it would stress me out. So I kind of just carry the gels, but yeah, I suppose if you can have someone reliable on your course, like you, you with Jonathan there cycling around, which and yeah. that, you know, if he carried your, if he carried your fuel out there or what, but uh, yeah, that, yeah, that'd be a great advantage as well if that can be organised with someone. Yeah, and like for Dublin, I had you know Dave Fox who Ben knows very well, and I had um, Roger Sheen as well who helped us out that day. So you know, we've been lucky enough where I got away with it in races, but there's going to be a time when I, when I won't. And I'm going to have to rethink something after that. And, you know, that's where, you know, we're trying the gels. I kind of know which ones I will go to if that happens. But at the moment, thankfully, I'll stick with the with the drinks. But, um, you know, Ben, so you're telling us now that there's no one magic pill. That's no. the, 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 the number one tip for everybody. There is no magic pill. It's all, you know, find what works for you the night before a race. And these things need to be done weeks in advance, you know, not two days before a race. These everything needs to be kind of slightly planned out, not religiously, obviously, in case something goes wrong. But um, do you have any kind of like little bit of advice that you would, as sounding off advice to somebody to runners that you would give? Um, I'd say like don't sweat the small stuff. Like sometimes the biggest thing you could change is something as basic as just making sure that like you're getting enough at breakfast skipping breakfast is a really big one as well that i see a lot of athletes do um you really need to be making sure you're having breakfast if you're trying to stay energized throughout the day even if it's before you go out before you train or before you work try get it in somehow um even if it's while you're at work just try build it into your routine but um i think you can have all the science in the world but it like putting it into practice is a different thing altogether and like you have to be realistic with yourself too like there's only so much time in the day that you can kind of focus on it and it's just about making the most of what you can with it like and actually sorry I, Brian, I, 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 I agree with you there's one issue yeah. which, I, which I forgot to ask um, which you know is would you have a rule of thumb ever so slightly with alcohol um well, How many I, more times are you going to talk about alcohol? <laughs> I think David's fishing for a few stories now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, so I say how much units a person should take in a week? Yeah. Uh, like alcohol, like there's, there's kind of no plan about with it. Like it will have a negative effect on your um, recovery and your performance. Um, it's trying to trying to time it that you don't have a big session like a few days after it, I think is a big one. Like I know you had that great race after it, Damien, but um Oh I got away with murder. Sometimes like you kind of do need to make sure that you still include like those sort of nights every so often because it's about not being stressed too. I think that's like a really big component of it. Like you need to make sure you're in a good frame of mind for races. Not saying to go out like Damien did two days before the race now. But um yeah like you really need to make sure you rehydrate afterwards. One of my, like, the things that I do when I go out anyway, and if I was having a few drinks to kind of save myself for training a bit, is I'll have Luke's aid sport once I go home. 
um, because that's actually going to be the best way you can rehydrate yourself um, rather than water because you're replacing the salts lost um, after drinking because drinking dehydrates you. That's the main thing with it. Mm. Yeah. And I, can see, I can see Damien thinking here now, how about having vodka and Lucasid <laughs> starting your refill before you even get home. Get home. It's a happy balance. <laughs> Start as you mean to go high. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, because I is it's and it's the Lucas Sport, so it's the yellow Lucas Sport, not the red energy one. Or is it yeah, like for like no, it's, it's the Lucas Sport. Um, it's because it's got the sugar and the salt together, which you need both of them to um okay make the most of the hydration. Rather than the electrolyte tablets, you'll get more out of Lucas Sport. Okay, and interesting. Try to up your protein the day afterwards as well. Maybe it might be a tip and just making sure you get a bit of salt in just to rehydrate and get the muscles repairing again. Perfect. And look, that's very important for, I think, you know, that's important news for people who finished the marathon and, you know, didn't eat after the, the old big races, the 5K races and the 10K races, you know, you have your few beverages. So that's an ideal tip you now for everybody to <laughs> recover the next day after their celebrations. Um. Brian, do you have anything else there? No, that's it. No, brilliant. Really, you know, again, as you said earlier, I'm sure people will take bits and pieces out of this and just some good tips along the way there. So, uh, yeah, even myself, I took a few things out of that as well. So that's great. So, Ben, really appreciate your time and thanks very much. And if anybody wants to get in contact with you or any way, what's the best way to do that? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at leaneats. So that's L-E-E-N, um, eats. Or you can send me an email. It's benleansmith at gmail.com. I'm sure we can put it in some sort of description, maybe, yeah. if yeah, anyone will. was looking. But Yeah, and we'll, look, we'll put it up on our, our social media and everything like that anyway as well. So um, give Ben a shout if you're looking for any nutrition plans and give me a shout if you want any pre-drinking plans. There's no problems. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, thanks very much for that. Thanks for your time. Thanks I for appreciate having me. it. And um, we will see you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks for Cheers.